Chapter 7 Deepest Trench Tim stops short of the barn's inner door, skidding to a halt. It's clear that it doesn't lead back outside, but what if there are more monsters inside the main barn? Or what if there's a person in there, just like him, armed and ready to skewer the first thing that comes through? God, I'm hungry, Tim thinks. He shakes away the dizziness and looks back at the antechamber. Hay, hay, and more hay. No food. But honestly, I'd rather starve than be fucking disintegrated by one of those. His thought is interrupted by another gruesome body check against the barn wall. Bits of tissue and brown ooze spray through the ancient wood. Tim turns back to the inner door. He can't hear anything on the other side, but he decides to knock in the hopes of getting a response, friendly or unfriendly, before he breaches his moldy sanctuary. He bangs a knuckle against the door, and it creaks open. Fuck! Tim points his pitchfork at the door as it swings inward, adrenaline burning. The door slows to a stop, and Tim uses the pitchfork to open it the rest of the way. The barn proper is huge, although Tim can't see around the corner of the wall to his left. The room is much brighter than the antechamber, thanks to large cracks in the ceiling. These do nothing to reassure Tim of his safety. Near the far wall, there's a massive folding ladder, on its side as if someone had knocked it over by accident. Tim judges its height to be 30 feet or more, much taller than a standard folding ladder. A paper note is nailed to the ladder at what would be roughly eye level, if the ladder were standing upright. Tim spies a small pouch on the floor next to the ladder. More moldy fucking cow food, Tim thinks, eyeing the loam that everything is nestled in. As Tim looks to his right, his heartbeat quickens, and he feels his skin go hot. Embedded in the floor of the barn is what appears to be a large kitchen sink. There is no faucet. The metal of the basin is immaculate, as shiny as a mirror. It seems completely out of place on the old barn floor. Tim hits a new level of panic, his heart sliding furiously like a cylinder up and down in his chest. He has no idea how a kitchen sink could terrify him more than those monsters outside, but it's happening. It's definitely fucking happening, Tim thinks, grinding his hands against the pitchfork in confusion and frustration. At the bottom of the basin, Tim sees a drain. It holds his gaze. As Tim stares, he feels the rest of the world recede. He can no longer hear the organ piles scratching against the walls, and all thoughts of his dash to the barn vanish from his mind. His hands relax, almost dropping the pitchfork. He is being pulled, as if by his veins and arteries, to the basin. His vision swims, goes red. His heart is still racing distantly, and he is filled with thoughts of discomfort, pain, but also, somehow, strength. Tim's leg is already rising, already moving to take its first step toward the drain. He breaks free for an instant, flailing, throwing the sneakers instead. They land in the drain, but do nothing. The pulling sensation toward the drain intensifies, and a glance at Tim's arms reveals that his veins are extremely visible, bulging, writhing. 
His entire body feels hot and full of too much energy. Willing his body to hold together, to not explode, Tim fights the drain's pull, falling backward in an attempt to sever whatever is pulling him. He is still thoroughly leashed when he gets up on hands and knees, but at least he's facing away now. He crawls toward the folding ladder. As Tim passes the corner to his left, the barn opens up, revealing two dead horses sprawled out on the hay. Tim stares, expecting them to begin gurgling, but they are still. There are large holes in the sides of both corpses, revealing cavernous, hollow rib chambers beneath. There is a door near the horse corpses. It is ajar, wide open to the organ piles that are apparently, hopefully, too dumb to try going around back. Beyond, Tim sees a dense forest, split by a narrow path. Desperate for advice, Tim lies down next to the note pinned to the ladder and reads it. D. By the time you read this, I'll already be through the door. Square square triangle works, and I need to find out where it leads. I can't wait any longer. I'm sorry. I'm bringing only my lens, brush, and a little food. I've left you everything else. The drain didn't work for me a second time, but it might work for you. Use the small knife. Try to keep the cut small. Break apart the ladder once I'm gone. Go north and take our boat to the island. Wherever I end up, I'll head there and meet you. Don't follow me. N. Tim curls his body into a ball, kicking, raging at the unhelpfulness of the note. He grabs the nearby pouch and spills its contents into his hand. Two darkly colored rings, stuck together somehow. I don't even know what I'm looking for. Tim thinks, slamming the rings to the ground. Forcing himself to focus, Tim shoves the rings back into the pouch and ties the pouch to a belt loop on his jeans. He half climbs the side of the fallen ladder to get back up, and he lifts the massive ladder until it is upright, muscles wrenching and straining distantly, whispers in a wind tunnel powered by that inescapable, howling drain. The drain is making an audible sucking sound now. The pulling sensation grows even stronger, and Tim closes his eyes, tangling himself around the ladder. He shuts everything out and fights to understand the room, the drain. Why the ladder? Why the rings? Why the note? The note. It's right in front of him now, and he reads it again, parsing it, giving it a real chance to help him. Use the small knife. Try to keep the cut small. Tim lets go of the ladder and walks toward the drain. He doesn't feel his legs move. Everything he is carrying seems to disappear, and his vision narrows until he is aware of only the metal basin on the ground. Tim kneels over it and brings his hand up to his face. Sneaker Bolas is about to get fucking bloody, he thinks. Tim puts the flesh of his left thumb into his mouth and bites down. He feels a trickle of blood run down his lips and drip into the basin below. The blood does not make contact with either Tim's sneakers 
or the metal of the basin. It is pulled from the air directly into the drain. The sucking sound of the drain becomes deafening, and somewhere in the noise, Tim realizes that he should stop biting his thumb. He chokes on hot blood and begins coughing. Red blobs fall from his hand, and Tim thinks he sees a piece of thumb in the mess. The drain consumes everything, flesh and blood. Tim's vision goes dark, and he loses all sense of the world.